Hello and welcome to What The Bump. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula who is expecting my first baby this September. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to another episode of What the Bump. Today we have Amanda Johnson coming on the podcast to share her birth story and her postpartum journey. So thank you for coming on the podcast, Amanda. I'm excited to hear your story. Yes, thank you for having me. So starting off, just tell me about how you met your partner. So we met in 2012. We met at a bar actually. (laughs) Um, And I never usually give people my phone number at a bar. So he was the first. He asked for my number and then we've been texting ever since. And then we got married in 2017. Awesome. Yeah. So the birth that you're sharing today, was that your first pregnancy, first birth? Yes. Okay. Awesome. So tell me about finding out you're pregnant. Like, were you guys trying? Did you kind of plan to have kids? How did that happen? Yes. We started trying in, uh, I think January of 2019. And I found out at the end of April that I was pregnant with my, with our son. It was really funny because I hadn't missed my period or anything. My in-laws were coming and I had a pregnancy test in my room. And I was like, oh, I should probably just take this to get rid of it because they're going to want to see our room because we got a new bed and everything. <laughs> so they like, I was like, oh, they're going to want to see something. And I don't know why I couldn't have just hit it. Like they're not going to look through the drawers or anything. And I went back in the room and this is before work. So that was a really bad idea to do it before work because it said I was pregnant. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> like, I, So I called my husband and he came home from work really fast. Cause I was like, I think you need to come home really quick. And then I was like, we're pregnant. So. So he was already at work when you took it. Yep. He was already at work. Cause I was working, um, at a mental health facility and I worked in the evenings. So I would go at like noon and I was like, oh, I'll just take it before work. And I said pregnant. I was like, Oh my gosh. So it was a big shock because I wasn't expecting that. So did you have like any like signs or symptoms or even feelings before? Were you literally like, Oh, just take it to, you know, get rid of it. No, I did. Yeah. I didn't have any, any symptoms or anything. I thought my period was coming in the next couple of days and then pregnant. <laughs> You're like, I don't, you didn't want to waste it and just throw it away. So like, I might as well just, you know, pee on it and then I'll throw it away. <laughs> right. And I don't know why I didn't think to just hide it. Like, right. I, it was weird. So it was meant to be, I guess. It was meant to be for sure. So take me through your pregnancy. Did you have any like issues or struggles through your pregnancy? Um, No, I actually had a really smooth, I was very lucky and I had a very smooth pregnancy. Um, I did have like sciatic pain and stuff like that, but it wasn't, didn't have any morning sickness with him or anything um, besides being tired. So throughout the whole pregnancy, you had like no nausea or food aversions? I guess I did have a little food aversions. Like I couldn't eat mushrooms anymore and I still can't to this day. So it's like no mushrooms. And I used to like them before, but other than that, I just craved like marinara sauce all the time. And it was relatively like, I was pretty lucky. Yeah. I was going to say you're definitely in that small percentage of extremely lucky people who like just, (laughs) I don't know, for me, it was the exact opposite. Like I really struggled for like three or four weeks and then it got better, but uh, they also say, I think they say boys are, I don't know. They say boys are like easier. So I don't know if you guys have planned on next kids, but maybe like you'll get, you'll get pregnant with a girl and you'll be like, holy heck. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I actually am pregnant right now. And oh, I was okay. the whole first two months of that. So you know the gender of this one. 
So nope, we don't know yet. So. Oh, that makes me think. I know. So I'm wondering if it is a girl. I don't know. Okay. But. All right. Well, that's <laughs> awesome. I had no idea you were pregnant. You said you're two months. Um, I'm actually I'm 18 weeks. So 18 weeks. So not two months at all. Yeah. No. But the first two months, I was like really sick and first two months. Okay. So it awesome. got me back. <laughs> okay. So when are you? You're due in September. September 3rd. Yes. Okay. I'm due September 20th. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. Awesome. That's so fun. <laughs> okay. So when you going into your birth, did you have any birth plans or did you do like any birth prep, any birth classes? Uh, yep. My husband and I, the hospital that we had our baby at, they have a birthing class. So we did that. And, um, I guess my birth plan, I just was hoping for no C-section and I wanted to do no epidural. That was my goal. I wasn't opposed to it, but I just really wanted to try and not have one. So, right. yeah, but other than that, I was trying to take it as it came. I just was hoping no C-section. I just, I don't know. I just didn't want that recovery for that. But. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So tell me about how you went into labor and going into labor. So the day I went into labor, I was, my husband on a 12 mile run. So he, well, he was gone. I was folding laundry and I was making some little tags for my cousin's baby shower. Her baby shower was going to be in February. And I started like cramping, like I was going to start my period. And I was like, that's kind of weird. And it's, it was tightening. My stomach started tightening a little bit, but I think I was in denial because I was like, oh, this isn't it because the doctor said I was going to be in so much pain and I wasn't going to be able to walk or anything. So I was like, oh, I'm fine. So when my husband got home, I was like, yeah, I just keep getting this tightening every like five minutes. And he was like five minutes. So he freaked out. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to shower and like dry my hair and not worry about it. But then I called the doctor and they're like, yeah, you should probably come in just so we can check you to make sure. So I was 39 weeks and four days. So when I went to the hospital, they said I was dilated three, but a hundred percent face. So they're like, you're, you're in labor. You're going to stay here. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, that sounds like a nice, quick, like kind of the beginning, you know, sometimes it lingers for so long to even get you to like a one or two. So, and it sounds like you kind of, you went to that three pretty quick. Yep. I was, I was lucky with birth. It was pretty fast. So like, I just, when I got there, I just walked around the halls and stuff, hoping to pro like progress everything fast. So tell me about what your labor was like after getting checked into the hospital. So after checked into the hospital um my husband and I walked the halls and then I'd have to you know be monitored and then we could walk again and I wasn't sure how long it would take you know because I'd never given birth before so I told my husband like just go eat dinner because at night I think we got to the hospital around 6 30 p.m and um by the time he got back he just went right down the street to like subway or something and by the time he got back like I couldn't really walk very much I was like okay this is starting to Get a little harder to walk so maybe I should just stay in the bed um but I was having a really hard time with them checking me it was very painful so I went pretty fast um, when he left I was at a four and when he came back I was like wow a four I don't know how people do this if this is what a four feels like because they hadn't checked me in like two hours um and then I went I think from two hours a four to an eight and a half pretty fast yeah that's that's very fast yeah. So, and you were um, still unmedicated at this point, correct? Yes. Yeah, so then they wanted to check me again, but it was so painful for them to check me. I couldn't relax. So I did let them give me the state off shot in my hip because I was like, I, I really don't want an epidural, but I don't know if I can handle the pain. So I was considering it at that time. 
Um, but they had told me like, you only have, you have to wait two hours now to get an epidural after getting the shot. So I was so like, okay, well. They gave um, you the stadol at eight centimeters? I actually think that was when I was at four. Okay, I was gonna say that's risky business, whoever did that for you. Yeah, I, so I, yeah, I need to go back because I was at four centimeters when they gave me the stadol because gotcha. I couldn't check me. That's what it was because I was having a hard time when they would start to check me. I would be like, okay, you have to stop. Like I can't handle that. Yeah. And it, it relaxed me enough for them to check me, but it didn't take away my pain. So I was like, okay, well, <laughs> and I had in the birthing class, I didn't want that. Cause they were kind of scaring me like, oh, your baby could not cry or something. So I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. But I thought I was only at a four. And so that's when they gave that to me. And then I was, that's when I was at the eight and a half. And then I went from the eight and a half to a nine and a half, I think within an hour. And then I felt the need to push. And I was like, I have to push. And I'm like, no, we have to check you. We don't think you're out of 10 yet. And I was like, no, I, I really, I, I'm going to push now. So then the doctor came and I, it took me only an hour and I got him out. So, so you were four and then they, they gave you the state all and the check after the state all, when you could relax, you were an eight. Yes. Oh, yeah. Gosh, they were probably like, Oh shoot. <laughs> Cause normally, like you said, in the birth class, we do not give it at least at my hospital after four centimeters, because it does transmit to the baby. So you can have yeah. a baby come out that is extremely, you know, floppy and can need some help, extra help. So you were, you were at the eight and then you, so you did, you had a completely unmedicated birth. Yep. Just that state off shot. And then, um, but yeah, I think that they probably were thinking that because when they finally checked me after that, I was at the eight and a half. So they <laughs> like happened really fast after I was like, well, I don't think I'm going to get the epidural now because it's two hours unless right. it kind of just slows down. And how would you, um, how was pushing for you? Did you find it to be like relief? Did you find it to be painful? I, I found it to be relieving. Um, I had that pressure and I knew when I had to push. So when I would push, I felt a lot better um, towards the towards the end, obviously it was starting to be more painful, but it was funny. Cause in between pushes, I, I got like four minutes in between. And then we would just all be talking in there like, Hey, how's life going kind of. And I'm like, Oh wait, hold on. I have to push really quick. Yeah. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. It was so weird. Cause I thought, okay, I'm going to push. And then the baby's going to come out. Like I thought I was going to push the whole time, but those breaks were nice because yes. towards the end, that was getting a lot harder to push. Yes. It's funny how mother nature works that way. Like knowing that we need those breaks because it really does. I even have patients who sometimes if they push a really long time, completely fall asleep in between, you know, that four to five minute break that they'll sometimes get that's enough for them to fall asleep, to rest. And then they, their eyes shoot open with the next contraction. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It definitely wasn't sleeping, but it was definitely a nice little break in there for sure. Yeah. So tell me about your postpartum experience, immediate in the hospital, as far as like healing and tearing. And then also just tell me kind of about down the road, your postpartum healing. Yep. So I had a second degree tear. Um, so I had stitches, which that wasn't even the worst part of it. It was weird because um, I think like five hours later, we got to move to another room. So you don't see in your birthing room. And I started getting a really sharp pain in my right side, but I was like, oh, maybe I'm just sore because, you know, my body just went through a lot, but it started just getting a lot worse when I would move. So I would, I told the, one of the nurses and she's like, oh, I, that's where your appendix is. And I was like, what? I, that's not good. But then it started moving like down into where I couldn't move my legs a whole lot. And, um, it was getting harder to walk to the bathroom. I was like, well, again, I'm just sore. And uh, for me, then it got to the point where I could like not move my foot off the floor. My husband would have to like help me scoot my foot. 
And uh, I don't think they were believing me at first until the nurse walked in and saw my husband like holding on to me while I went and I couldn't get into bed or anything. And um, when the doctor came, they just said that I had the pubic symphysis where I like separated my pelvis and my baby was not very big. He was six pounds, uh, 12 ounces. So he wasn't very big, I don't think. <laughs> and uh, I had to get a walker and everything to just go to the bathroom and I had to get help in and out of bed at the hospital. And when we got home for like two weeks, my husband would help me get dressed. I couldn't get my pants on or anything. Wow. So that was really crazy. But I went to physical therapy right after, like the week after I got home and it really helped. So, so with physical therapy and just like taking it light, did, did it just naturally kind of heal itself? Yep. Things just started getting easier. I could put my pants on, I could start going for walks and stuff. So, oh, wow. That must've been, I mean, that must've been extremely hard though, having a newborn and, you know, not even, I'm sure you had to have your husband hand him to you. And, you know, it's really hard to come home with a newborn and kind of be like, not, you know, not able to walk or move too much. Yeah. That part was really hard. <clears throat> and in the hospital, like he would cry and you just see like moms always being able to get up and grab their baby and move around. And I was kind of, I was really sad about that. And then yeah, when we got home, my husband would change his diaper and then hand him to me so I could feed him. And I was like, I just want to be able to go grab him out of the bassinet or, you know, hand him to somebody that came to visit him or, but I couldn't do any of that. So how many, how many weeks or months did you say postpartum? It actually started to get a lot better. I would say, well, like to get a lot better, probably like six months, but wow. I didn't have to use a walker after two weeks. So I could, I just had to walk slow and um, as it started getting warmer out, I could walk like around the block. I just had to be careful and go slow and not go up like hills or anything, but now I'm back to normal. So is there anything like precautionary you can do with this labor and delivery and birth that you have coming up in September to kind of prevent this from happening? Um, so I've looked it up. I've been doing a lot of research and like pelvic floor therapy, wearing a, a support belt. And I read also, if you could deliver not on your back, that would be more beneficial. Right. Although my hospital that I'm going to, I think they only let you deliver on your back. So that's a thing I'm considering if I should switch a hospitals or not. And my doctor had already considered me having a C-section because they're not used to this ha like happening. And when it does happen, usually the babies are a lot bigger than the one I had. They're like nine pounds, 11 pounds, something like that. Like something way too big for you to push out. So, but I don't want to have a C-section. I already know, you know, the you know, the recovery of, of vaginal birth. And that's my goal. So I'm hoping to do everything I can to help my pelvis so I can have a natural birth again. Yeah, I definitely, I would ask your OB at your next appointment about that pushing on your back. I mean, it might be the case there, but most hospitals will let you deliver in any position you're comfortable in, as long as, you know, it's like not over the toilet or like in the tub or something like that, if that's not their policy. But I would ask because you might even be able to do like hands and knees turned around on the bed. Um, so if they kind of sit up the hospital bed, you face backwards on the bed and you kind of put your arms up on top of the hospital bed and then kind of go on your knees on the bottom of the bed, if that makes sense with the bed seated all the way up backwards on your hands and knees, that can be a great way to deliver. And I think just assuming with how, how the pelvis works, that might help your pelvis to not have that same issue. Yeah, I definitely will ask her about that because I know during the birthing class that I took with him, they, they said they only will let you on your back because before I had him, I was looking up things like, Oh, it's not good to have your baby on your back. And 
then they said that in the birthing class and I was like, oh, okay, I guess I have to. So yeah, I won't, there's nothing wrong with having a baby on the back, obviously with an epidural, which most women do get epidurals, they have to deliver on their back almost always. So delivering on your back is extremely common. It's probably the number one way that babies are delivered. And so it's, of course, it's what OBs are comfortable with, you know, but, uh, it's probably the most in a, in a natural sense, it's probably like the worst way truly for us to deliver our babies because your knees are apart. And even if you try it right now, if you put your knees apart, like even just sit in a chair, put your knees apart, you'll feel your pelvis kind of close. You'll feel like your vaginal muscles and even like your rectal muscles closing. But if you put your knees together, you'll feel them opening. So on your back, with your knees apart, like, especially when you're going on medicated, isn't usually the best way to do it. So I would definitely ask your OB because I would assume, I mean, I don't know. I've never heard of a hospital having that policy, but maybe it's because I've only worked in one hospital ever. So my experience is just, you know, we let people deliver however, however they end up. Right. Yeah, I definitely will, will ask her because the last time I went to my appointment, she had to rush out to go deliver a baby. So I didn't get to really talk to her about that, but um, that is my goal to hopefully do it not on my back because she's worried I'll be in a wheelchair this time or something. And I definitely don't want to do that. that. I mean, of course, obviously take all of her medical advice. She's your provider, go at her discretion for everything, but it's definitely just a good option to know about and to ask about because, and I don't, I truly don't know a ton about pubic synthesis, but I would honestly assume that delivering in a different position might kind of might, might help that. Um, I haven't done much research on it myself. Another website that might be good to look at is like spinning babies. I don't know if you've seen their site, but they have a ton of good information on there about positioning. And it, I mean, it's, it's more about like positions during labor and obviously like rotating babies if you need to, but there might be some stuff on there that like position wise that might help you. Oh yeah. I'll definitely check that out because I will take any help I can get. <laughs> so how has your pregnancy been so far with your second pregnancy? Um, so far my pelvis has been good thankfully as long as I don't like walk up crazy hills now like just because there's getting more pressure since they're getting bigger um but it's been good so far and I just bought a pregnancy belt to start wearing so hopefully I haven't started pelvic floor therapy I've wanted to but it's just a little hard with the pandemic and somebody watching my son and (laughs) so I haven't started that yet yeah did you find out the gender of your son I forgot to ask you that we did not oh okay so he was a surprise. This time my husband really wants to find out. I liked the surprise of not knowing, but I guess we'll find out this time. <laughs> you are great. Oh, wait. So you guys might find out before you have at your anatomy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He wants to find out. Um, we can find out on April 19th. So he really wants to. So I think I'm just going to find out this time, but <laughs> last time it was fun not knowing. So yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people like to do that. It drives me insane. I <laughs> like wanted to know at eight weeks instantly. I was dying. So, but I mean, kudos to you for having the patience to be able to wait like that. Yeah. It was hard towards the end. I was like, okay, I kind of wish we would have found out like, towards the end. Cause I just really wanted to know then, but throughout the whole thing, I was like, I can do this. Like it's a boy or a girl I know. So, but this time we are yeah. going to find out. So that's awesome. That's very exciting. Is there anything else you want to share from your pregnancy, postpartum labor delivery experience? I don't think so. I mean, just make sure you, everybody out there, you know, um, listen to your body. And, you know, when you start feeling something, I did do massage and like go to the chiropractor through my whole last pregnancy. And that definitely helped my sciatic nerve. But um, 
I, I wish I would have known about pelvic floor therapy and pubic symphysis before. I think I would have, you know, been more prepared a little bit. Yeah. I think those are like the three best things any pregnant woman can do pelvic floor therapy, massage, and chiropractic. It's just, and I know it's not plausible for everybody. You know, it's, those are not cheap options. A lot of pelvic floor therapists and chiropractors do not take health insurance. Um, and massage therapists normally don't either. So those are kind of like three services that you have to pay out of the pocket for most of the time. But I definitely think if you can afford that, you know, it's a short period of time. It's, and really you only have to do it for, I would say like the last, not even the whole last six months, like the last like four or five months is probably when it's most beneficial. So it's a short time. If you can afford it, I would definitely, definitely try to swing that. I think those are three very important things too. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, definitely so worth do, you have, do you have your top two tips or bits of advice for any new moms or soon to be moms? Um, I just think, you know, everyone says, enjoy it. It's okay. If you, if you don't enjoy every minute, because yes. having a newborn is hard and tiring. And I think too, like when you're a new mom, everybody is swarming you when you're pregnant. And once you have the baby, you're kind of just thrown away. So just know that you're still important. Um, everyone just wants to cuddle that little baby, but <laughs> I know they forget to ask you how you're doing when you're going through so much and it's true. People come over to see the baby and you're like, so ask me about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm just tired, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are, those are great. I think people think postpartum be like, oh, I'll go over and see them. And they almost think it's like doing a favor to like, you know, hold the baby and give you some free time and stuff. I think that's the mindset behind it, but I totally, I mean, even with, you know, going from having prenatal care, seeing a doctor every couple of weeks and then every week at the end, and then you go to not being seen at all or not being checked on at yeah. all that even just within the medical care system, postpartum can be kind of hard too. Yeah, I agree with that. Cause they see you when you have the baby and then six weeks and then you're done. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. So even in that sense, I feel like you're kind of thrown to the curb after you even have the baby, which is a whole yeah. another story for a whole nother time, a whole nother issue right. in the healthcare <laughs> system. But I, I totally agree. I think that it can be like that in many faucets. So to remember that you, you still need you time and to take care of yourself is really important. Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your birth story. I'm super excited for you. You definitely have to come back. And first of all, I'm really excited to know the gender of this baby, <laughs> but you'll have to come back and share your birth story this next time. I'm extremely curious to how it goes. Second babies, you know, they're a little bit easier, a little bit quicker. So the fact that your first birth was so quick, hopefully this one will be too. Yes, I hope so. Yeah, I thank you for having me and I definitely will come back to share the next one. <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of What the Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at What the Bump CLT. Check out our website, WhatTheBumpCLT.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.